0: time for the end of conversation podcast with funny man damian lemon and the voice of your choice ali muhammad this is damian lemon and this is in the conversation the podcast yes yes we're back thanks again for tuning in lending your ear crystal clear hopefully you know what i mean uh Ali is not in the conversation this week. He will be back soon, very soon, you know. But until then, in the meantime, in between time, we have our arts and entertainment correspondent. You know this man from the Mundane Festival podcast and stand-up stages all over the world. Give it up for my man, Chris Lambert.
1: Hey, man, thanks for having me.
0: No doubt. Chris,
1: how you feeling? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm trying my best to not sound like Nas and A Z on that phones phone tap record. Mm. Uh, so hopefully it'll sound, it'll sound a lot better with Damn. the uh with the upgrade. That was a that's a great song, but mm-hmm. didn't they just tell all their information?
0: I mean, it was a phone tap. They didn't mean yeah. to they you know, they was they, they thought they were talking freely. You know. Yeah, I guess so. Everything's a tap now. You gotta they, move. Like, the, go ahead. But
1: they would say, they would say, like, "Hey, man, but don't tell everything." And then they keep telling stuff. I haven't
0: heard phone. I yo, when you said Nas and A. Z., immediately I thought, "Life's a bitch." Uh, what was my other one? The Flyers Gangsters was that a Nas mm. and A. Z. too? I haven't mm. listened to Phone Tap in so long. To be honest with you, I haven't listened to the firm album as an album front to back probably since it premiered. And, um, you know, I would like to revisit it because I do remember back then, I think I felt like it, ah, I was a little disappointed. Like I had mm. high expectations for it. Dre, Nas, the firm, AZ, Foxy. And then that was when the whole, what was in nature called mega beef kind of turned into a whole thing. um, yeah. But yeah, man, yeah, phone tap. Wow, I don't think I've heard phone tap in forever. Now I got to listen back just for the the audio quality that you alluded to. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah, it made me think of that because I was like, oh, man, I don't want to sound mm, uh, like those dudes. It's a great record, but I right. just don't want to sound like that.
0: Mm, yeah, man, there's some joints on there. One of my favorites that I guess is, um, yeah, one of my favorites that I probably revisit more than, more than the obvious is I'm leaving with Nori. Mm-hmm. Nori do this, what, and Nori do that, ah, and Nori buscats, cats, and Nori, you know that shit. That shit was fire. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. That was that was a moment. That was a moment. Obviously affirmative action. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna go and revisit that, man. You got you got me. Uh, you piqued my interest to see oh, yeah. what's what, man. But yeah. um, uh, yeah, man. How you doing? What's going on in your life?
1: I'm hanging in there, man, just uh, plugging away, doing shows as much as I can, uh, thinking about new bits. Like, I think as my life changes and just as I evolve, I'm trying to just write about that, kind of just be in the pocket with what my life is, the way the path of my life is going. I'm just trying to uh, put that on stage and um, just really trying to live a life worth commenting on. But not to just have like, you know, I have a bit. But just to really uh I've just been thinking about that a lot lately and uh just trying to get better in that regard. And um that's about it, man. Just kinda focusing on that, focusing on uh being a better son to my mother mm. and uh, you know, all that all that jazz. And enjoying football. I have um I know um you're you're a casual fan and I'm a god I don't know if I want to say I mean I I'm kind of a guy that that just roots for the black quarterbacks mainly but there's so many of them now that I had to pick a team if I had to pick a team it would just it would I kind of like the bears even though they didn't do well but I like uh, Justin Fields so anyway that being said I put a lot of money down on that nfl sunday ticket and i'm not even a fantasy football guy i'm a dude who buys madden and plays it for a bit i did not know how intense that shit is dude i used to have i've had red zone for years but when you can watch damn near every game pretty much every game it's insane it's almost an information overload but i enjoyed it
0: hmm Okay, okay. You said a lot. We're going to recap a few things. I've No, 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 no. I just want to let you cook. <laughs> I've never heard of Justin Fields. That's a new black quarterback that I got to get familiar with. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to Google Google that man. Uh, so you said also, at the top of that, you said you've been trying to write for how your life has been changing. How has your yeah. life been changing?
1: Trying to be, an, oh, be more vulnerable and open. Um, just like I watched that documentary you told me about, uh, on stars, the right to offend Oh, okay. About, about black comedians and how I've heard the term before, um, how, with regards to the, the Richard Pryor book, uh, becoming, uh, by, uh, Scott Saul that I need to finish, uh, how someone said that he had the ability to just like unzip, mm-hmm his, his brain and just put it out there for consumption and be able to talk about it with this just extreme vulnerability. And I heard W Kamal Bell say something similar to that about prior in the, in the doc. And it's just like, I'm working, I'm working towards that. I mean, he, to me is one of the greatest of all time, probably one of the best that ever did it. If I can, you know, the whole it's a whole like shoot for the what is it shoot for the moon you end up amongst the stars yeah that kind of thing because it's almost like it's really not a competition like our ego and our um the stuff that makes us human kind of like you think about like quote unquote all this competition but it's a it's really a kind of like a dialogue that i have with myself that really isn't about anybody else when it comes to the 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 pract being a practitioner of the craft it's not like all that other shit outside that fucks us up that i bitch about to you and my other friends off mic that shit doesn't matter it's just like when it's you up on the stage and you trying to be excellent for 12 15 45 an hour like trying to be excellent and rise above like your your everyday bullshit and trying to be excellent on stage in that regard and be vulnerable. That was, that was really inspiring to watch.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I only saw the first episode so far. I need to check out the second episode. I know they get into Eddie and, uh, I forget who else, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I love a good documentary about comedy and to that point regarding Richard, uh, Richard, like I know him. Uh, Richard Lennox <laughs> Pryor. Um, <laughs> you sound like somebody on Comedy Hype. Right, right. Oh man, Richard,
1: me and Richards, so being <laughs> rich. Let me, let me stop. Let you me know, stop. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Comedy Hype. Um, yeah, Richard Pryor. You know, I always say I didn't really appreciate Richard Pryor until I started doing comedy.
1: Oh, okay. You know that happens, though. That's normal.
0: Yeah, and reason being was, and it sounds ridiculous chronologically. It just just what it was, but um, I was I don't say introduced to stand up, but my very first, uh, maybe it's Rodney, but my very first favorite black comedian was Eddie Murphy. I remember as a kid watching Delirious. Shout out to my homie Monty. Uh, His mom's let us watch it at the crib. How old were y'all? I was like
1: nine. I was young. (laughs) I was not Delirious. Uh, It
0: was not really, you know, appropriate, but it was great. It was great. And um, that was my first fit. And then, you know, this is back in the days, too. Later on, my sister... You know, my sister's a lot older than me. My sister, I used to stay at my sister's house every so often for like the week. She would get me for the weekend, and this is back in the days of the good, you know, the good video rental. Mm-hmm. So we Hell go yeah. to the video store, and you know, I get to rent a couple videos. You know, and I remember renting Raw, watching Raw, and again, I was young too. And you know, my sister, you know, she was she was young and letting me live life, so I got to see raw super uh early in the game too i'm gonna be honest with you uh quick tangent uh i like delirious a lot more than i like raw i need to rewatch raw but i felt like raw even as a kid i felt like raw was a little bit more bitter like eddie was going through especially that whole divorce bit you know what i mean she Mm -hmm. won half all of that shit like it was it was it was it was darker I got to watch it back, but it was a lot darker. But anyway, uh, like I said, so I was introduced to Eddie. It was my first favorite black comedian. And when later on, you know, I'd heard about Richard Pryor. I might have even seen him in Superman 3 or whatever. Like, he was obviously in the zeitgeist early 80s. And even back then, he was celebrated, especially amongst older people. They looked at him as the god, you know, mm-hmm. and... um. I don't know at what point I finally came across some of his stand up, but my first thought, again, this is ridiculous chronologically. I was like, yo, who is this old dude trying to sound like Eddie Murphy? You know, uh, and you uh, know, obviously Eddie is the fruit from the Richard tree. But, um, I just, you know, I see now, obviously now you could see so much of the influence that Richard had on Eddie and so many others um. So, but I, I kind of like I kind of like dismissed it as just like an older guy, you know, because he was talking about very mature things. He was talking about real life. He was talking mm-hmm. about he was very vulnerable, and I think back then I just kind of dismissed vulnerability as just adult content, things that I couldn't really identify with or um, relate to because I hadn't yet lived a life. But um, when I started doing comedy, uh, back to what you said, one of the things that I was struck by, and I don't believe anybody in my mind has reached the level that Richard Pryor has when it comes to vulnerability. Like, he really, he gives you everything. You know, he's a a tragic genius, you know, like, The tragedy, the genius couldn't come without the tragedy. And he was so honest about everything that was going on in his life. And he put himself out there. And speaking of which, you know, I've been on a, a bit of a not a sabbatical because I'm here, obviously working. Y'all yeah, hear my voice, but I've been like in the cut a little bit and uh, looking at, a, you know, just just being in the moment, relaxing. We'll talk more about that. But I came across. A DVD and I need to rewatch it, but it's a special called Richard Pryor Live and Smoking. Have you ever seen that? Is that the one
1: after he
0: burnt himself? Huh? No, no, that's that's um Live from the Sunset Strip. Um
1: What what was he wearing? Um, I don't think I can remember by the I can't
0: take, but I'll tell you the, the context of it or I can't really I'll remember. Look, I'm looking it up. Live and smoke live at the Sunset Strip, that's when he had the red satin shirt on. But um, and then I think here and now, Mike, that's the one in Long Beach is one of yeah. my favorites. But live and smoking. Is, I've seen them all, but it's just yeah. this is the one that's in the village. The, okay. the one where he's bombing. You ever seen that? Mm-hmm. He's so. bombing. He's walking the crowd. He but he yeah. gets vulnerable. He says some super wild shit, but it's one of the best, especially for a new comic. It's one of the best specials to ever see. I can only speak for myself, but I think that there's, you know, I have to remind myself not to look up to comedy, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I always, you know, not always, but for a long time, there was a time when I circled around comedy and I had to build up the nerve to really do it. So it was something that I, like, really wanted to do, damn near like a dream job. So, But once it becomes a job, you can't look at it as a dream job, it's work. You know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, enjoy yourself. But with that, sometimes you could put or I can put so much on it, you know, this pursuit of excellence or perfection, whatever that is. It ain't anything, but um, you create you have these certain gold standards of what a great special is. And there's this desire to get there. And I want to talk about that a little later, just the special in general. But um, watching this and watching this man take a slow one, taking a bad, like the fact that it's even in the world for people to see is amazing to me. But the fact to see, in my opinion, you know, or many others opinion, but like the de facto probably best comedian ever. You know, yeah. arguably, you know, the best yeah. comedian ever to take a L and have it on public record and like seemingly walk away unfazed. It did not fuck up his legacy, you know, no. like a lot of people don't even know about the special. But even if they do see it, it is just what it is. And it's it's something to watch. Like if you ever get a chance, if you could find it, check out Richard Pryor live and smoking. It's amazing for many reasons but um yeah so that at that point particularly that special and beyond it really made me respect him for like how vulnerable and how transparent he could be and how like uh how like he could stand in all of the things that you know could be weaponized against him you know, even mm-hmm. the joke when he lights the match, that's Richard Pryor running down the street. You know, like, yeah, all of these right. type of things, these are things that people, are you know, they trying, to, they trying to shut them down, trying to, you know, clown them or whatever, and he took complete ownership of it, and it was amazing. And, uh, damn, it was one other point that I wanted to make about that, um, just in general. And I'm, I'm not even arriving to that point in this moment, but I say this, he just, like, the fact that he owned it with no with no shame, you know, that uh <clears throat> it just it's just powerful. So yeah, he's he's that dude. He's that dude. And I'm with you as far as not even just living a life to comment on, but like being more vulnerable and not even just being vulnerable and just like things that are um pardon me. Things that are um like um, what's the word things that are like maybe things that you're not proud of or things that you might not want people to know about or whatever, but being vulnerable with just being in the moment riffing live and like seeing where it goes. There's a Richard Pryor album that um, shout out to Ali. When I first started doing comedy, like when I first said I had the desire to do comedy, I don't even know if I hit a stage yet. I remember Ali got me a um got me this DVD set. I mean not DVD set, this CD set with like twelve of his um all of his albums. Gay that shit yeah. to me. And like I was just listening to all of them. But there's one and I wish I could find which album it was, but he's just like riffing and like it it gets funny, but it's kind of meandering and all over the place. And he says he was like, yo, he's like, yo, I didn't I didn't know where that joke was going. You know, I had no I had no idea where I was going with that joke. I just had to trust myself and, you know, hopefully, you know, I don't know if he said God, but he said, you know, we landed. We got to where we needed to go. But it was just like, I remember hearing that and I was like, wow. Because I remember when yeah. I first started doing comedy, I would try to, um, you know, apply so much structure to my material that it was almost it was almost like... Um, oppressive on a certain level. You know, you couldn't really, you know what I mean? Like, you couldn't really breathe. Like, I remember when I first started doing comedy, I used to try to have my entire act, you know, I would write down everything down to, like, the transitional sentence. And if I did a joke out of order, like, if I did my third joke second, it would be like a robot short-circuiting. Because I was like, oh, shit, wait a minute, wait, uh uh-oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. And it's like, dog, just be in the moment with the people. Sometimes you could, you know, like for me, there's such a pursuit of taking the risk out of it or being so, um, dedicated to the page that it can disconnect you from the audience. And it's really about that moment that you have with that audience. That's the show. You know what I mean? Not everything that you got on your list. The show is what you give them in that moment. And it took me years and years and years and years to like really, um, get comfortable with that and to even realize that, but yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Richard Pryor, you know, and shout out to vulnerability on stage, man. You
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. It's real. I mean, I, I had a moment where a couple of weeks, I think it was last month I did this show and I had to go to the bathroom, but the bathroom was right by the stage. Mm. Like you could, so people could see you going into the bathroom. And I said, you know, I'll just hold it until after my set. Mm-hmm. Cause I was the first comic up mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't really don't want them to see me go to the bathroom and then be on stage mm-hmm. and wonder if I took a shit or if I pissed. Mm-hmm. And so when I got on stage, I talked about that. I said, I have to go to the bathroom. I really wanted to go, but I didn't want you guys. I said what I just told you basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it crushed. Right. And it was just like, that's how I feel that in this moment, this is what's going on right now. And then I did my jokes, but I, I just stuff that I wanted to do. But, uh, they, I had them in the palm of my hands the rest of the set, you know. Yeah. And and uh, it's it's one of those it's one of those things like I think for me like I I knew about it before I started and everything but I my dad had uh, that niggers crazy, mm-hmm. uh, which which they call that uh, like they called it back then a, a party album, mm-hmm. and that was like my first time like I remember like that he had the record I remember copying it to a tape and I would like fall asleep listening to it and then just like get his other stuff. And I eventually had that, like that box set anthology, but yeah, once, once I started, I think like, once I started doing comedy, I just, I started to appreciate him even more because there's really not that many people. Honestly, I think it's Richard, um, Maria Bamford does that, but in a, in her own unique way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed like, as far as like a black superstar, I really feel like Martin was one, like obviously he's a descendant of Richard and Eddie and stuff mm-hmm, like that. But mm-hmm. like he had his own, his own flavor to really Eddie was Eddie was a one of one because he was like that leading man and he made every he made it look cool. Mm-hmm. Guys wanted to be him, girls wanted to sleep with him and all that. But it's like Martin eventually was a leading man, but he was like a kind of like a sidekick guy and at least as far as the movies he was started out in mm-hmm. but but then he 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 became a superstar who wasn't afraid to be be somebody who took an L and i right. tell you about an L that he took on like that high level where you got you're in the movies right. you're in a you got a hit tv show and you're talking about oh i was fucked up over this woman like that crazy deranged stuff on uh uh, you so crazy. Oh,
0: okay,
1: Talking shit to me, like, Class, man, man, that's fucking cla- like that. I I remember being in maybe, oh. oh God, I was in junior high. Had to be in junior high. Mm-hmm. And my dad I would be, I would play that in my dad's truck all the time. We'd be driving around, riding around, listening to that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And all over and over and over again. I, my dad must have been tired of it, but like I I don't know that he he was he he I I have an affection for him because he's from he's from PG County, but like even still, just at tech from a technical standpoint, I don't know that we've ever really seen anything like that. I know I know I like Kevin Hart. I know he's he's the guy and he's he's really funny. I like his shit, but Martin, it it it, it's, it was different, man. It it was just really different.
0: Yeah, nah, for sure, Tucson, Arizona. Coming, Coming on. Listen, man. Talking Shit is a absolute classic. The mm-hmm. absolute classic comedy album. One of It's probably top three for me if I think about it. I know that shit front mm. to back. And it's so funny. I was telling somebody about it recently. And then they went to listen to it. And they liked it. And it was great to see that, that it still held up. I mean, that's yeah. damn near thirty years ago almost. And I mean, yeah, no the
1: boxing stuff. Like just just All even him that.
0: talking about that boxing chunk
1: where it's like I'm getting my I'm getting my ass beat. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm taking these L's. Like it's not it's not like it's not like I, I've never failed and I've I this right. is me and look right. at me and I'm this. And it's like, no, I got my ass beat and that's right. why I do this.
0: Right. See, growing up, like I said, I've said this plenty of times on this microphone. Big Daddy Kane and Eddie Murphy were my idols. Like, that's who I Mm kind of was patterning my life after. But, you know, we talk about vulnerability and everything like that. Eddie Murphy, the joke was never on him. The joke was on everybody else. He put, you know, he made fun of everybody in his orbit, but he was the coolest motherfucker. Even the way he said, Fat. He was like, they fired yeah. it. He said, Fight. <laughs> yeah. like it was an H instead of an all, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was a cool <laughs> motherfucker. And you know, that type of shit is cool for the stage, but real life, real life, life will hit you in some capacity, you know? Yeah. And I think as you get older, you realize part of being cool is how you rebound and respond and react to when things go left. You know yeah. and being able to to admit to yeah nah I, w- I was I, it was a bad look for me or I was nervous in that moment or I I was scared I didn't know what to expect I had to I had to move through it but I was not moving short-footed with yeah. you know like you know you got this when you're young you got this idealized superhero bravado that you might aspire to be which is not attainable you know but um yeah yeah yeah. shout out to martin lawrence man he's he's one of the illest one of the illest i seen him i did see him take a slow one one time Mm. oh man Mm. it kind of hurt my heart i was i seen him at the theater at the garden and um and he, he was um i don't know what was going on but um he was doing, like, he was kind of all over the place a little bit. And he was doing jokes that people had heard. The crowd was yeah. getting restless. You know what I mean? And he's from, you know, he's an OG from the Def Jam era. He's the first Def Jam comedy host. So, you know, he got an audience that could be vocal. And after a while, people started, you know, <clears throat> frustration started to to build. People started to heckle like loud, nigga. We didn't heard that joke before. Fuck out of here with that shit. Like it like got real, you know, New York. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And um, and when that happened, I remember in that moment I was like, oh shit, Martin about to like this nigga up. You know what I'm saying? Here come Martin. Mm-hmm. They done fucking they don't awaken the beast. Martin about to get on because you know if you watch Def Comedy Jam, Martin was oh, undefeated. He was destroying yeah. everybody, and um. You know, he kind of like he asked, for, he asked uh, security to have that man taken out. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, what? That guy oh I was like, wait a <laughs> minute, he called the cops. But um, oh. it, was, it was a moment of real life. It was like one of those, again, it's similar to like seeing Richard Pryor in Live and Smoking when you see some of your heroes, you know, be human, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Have a real moment. It, um, it can you know i mean like it, it's in retrospect it's you know like you know look man i his legacy is still his legacy oh, yeah. he's still that guy but it was a moment and i was interested to see that and uh you know um in a homage i i i i, I got booed at the uh the garden in at madison square garden but that was in his honor that was my that you, was all you deliberate. Told me that. Yeah, yeah. That was I all deliberate. That wasn't that wasn't because of my own, you know what I mean, scale or proficiency at that moment. It was more so it was like an homage to my man Martin Lawrence and shit. I don't know if people really I think it was lost on the crowd, but that that was the intention. <laughs> anyway, yeah, man. So shout out to shout out to Martin, shout out to Rich. shout out to Eddie. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Black comedy. Um yep. yeah, man, I'm chilling though. Um I'm right here sipping some Sauvignon Blanc. Um, oh shit! Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds better than it is. I'm not a white wine kind of guy, to be totally honest with you. Um, but I had it on deck, and I wanted to taste it. You know what I'm saying? I was um, I was gonna drink a beer, but my beer wasn't cold enough, so I ain't wanna I ain't wanna drink a lukewarm beer. So I was like, Oh, that's, that's like, not good. You yeah. know what I mean? That ain't fly. Um, but I'm also Low key, it's over now, but I had a little buzz, um, you know, since our last conversation last week, I have seen both Bottoms, and today I saw Equalizer 3, Oh, and nice. Uh, we, could talk about it. we could chop it up about it, but um, so I went to see Equalizer 3 today, and I don't know where you at, because I know you are a, a cinephile, you go to the theater mm-hmm. quite a bit, so I'm not sure if you just play it all by the rules, but for me... I can't really enjoy the cinema unless I sneak some shit in. You know what I mean? That's just—it <laughs> just has to be what it is. Okay, I have to what, sneak something in. So, what'd you sneak in? So today I went. Um, I went. And what theater did you go to? I would. You know, right now I'm actually out on the island, and I okay. um I went to uh, Roosevelt Field. So I stopped by a good Walmart, America's bodega you know what i mean and uh <laughs> i got a few snacks i got a uh i got a what do they call them shits oh man popcorners like they're like popcorn chips you know what i'm saying huh. you've seen oh. them before i forget the name of but they're like popcorn chips so i was looking for some popcorn preferably some caramel or whatever cuz i had some caramel popcorn when i seen bottoms but oh, anyway pop- Pop corners, pop corners. That's what they're called, okay. right? Pop corners. So I got, yeah, yeah, they pretty good. I've typically got the, um, uh, sweet and salty. You know what I mean? Um, uh, those, that's kind of like, there's also Indiana popcorn company. They make a good ass sweet and salty kettle huh. popcorn. But anyway, I wound up getting a little spicy queso. I got a Snickers bar, which I did not eat. And I snuck in. I snuck in a tall boy. I snuck in a good tall boy. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, now nah, I was I was going. Shout out to my man Sergio Chicone. I was going full dirt bag. I I, I I smuggled in. I smuggled in a tall boy golden wow. monkey. So you know that's oh, nine point five ABV. So you, you know what I mean. You um, didn't fall asleep or anything. Ooh wee! Well, listen. Let's, <laughs> let, let's talk about <laughs> it. This is the thing. Uh, so first of all, I got in there. I bought my ticket last, last, last. minute. I was going to do it, but I was like, I wanted to buy it as close to uh, showtime as possible. Cause what I do hate now, what I hate post COVID, is when I buy a ticket when there's nobody around me, and then I get there and there's somebody right next to me. I hate that shit. Right, come yeah. on, y'all, what's going on? Y'all are too where intrusive. Do you, where um, do you sit? Typically, okay traditionally i'm a aisle back row type of cat but me too back row back row aisle you know what i mean like on on the end seat or just inside no on the end seat the very last if i had to get up and go i'm out (laughs)
1: oh i do that too you know what i
0: mean ever since the shooting that train wreck i'm ready to get the fuck on um but anyway um this time no just on some some cinephile type of thing I got the, you know, it's close to the middle. You know, it's always weird how they align the seats, but I got that middle seat pretty much la- the second to last row, middle seat, so I'm right at the concave portion of the screen. So where I could be fully immersed in this this uh this fucking equalizer 3 uh action. And um gotcha. So I got there, you know, I smuggled my Snickers, popcorners, golden monkey, and a water. Smuggled it into the um to the good old theater. And I as I'm walking in, I'm like, oh damn, somebody sitting right fucking next to me. What is going on? Why at the point when I bought it, nobody was there. I'm like, come on. So I get closer and I realize they sitting in my seat. So, and it was like an older white lady I had, I hate to have to tell you this I, had, I said hey listen you in my seat and she had her blanket and everything and she was older or whatever man. I probably should have been like ah, I'll keep it but nah Was it a lot of people in there? No no it wasn't a lot of people it was still many seats and it was still kind of um, preview time so she got up out the joint moved over a little bit so I, laid, yeah. I got up in the seat and it was already pre-warmed which is always hard to like adjust to someone else's body heat you know what sure. I mean, especially like an older person, because I think when you on your way out, your body heat is a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like it's a little, <laughs> Jeez, it's a little bit crazy. more dense. Oh, um, I forgot I forgot to ask what what theater was it?
1: An AMC? It was an AMC. Okay.
0: Tuesday AMC. I had to get my little, you know what I mean, my little Tuesday AMC deal going. Gotcha. So um, so yeah, so boom, I went in there as uh, soon as the lights went down k- k- cracked my, <laughs> my golden monkey cracked um popped open <laughs> my popcorn my popcorners and Nicole uh, Kidman yeah the Pop- right right yeah. in the middle of Nicole Kidman I didn't even wait till that... all the lights went down I was yeah. like yeah and I was trying uh-huh. actually I did wait till after Nicole I was trying to wait for like some type of big noise you know what I mean <laughs> so I could k- 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 you know cuz when you when you got contraband, you always feel like or I always feel like my contraband is louder than the you know what I mean like the legitimate concession snacks. You know, nobody's popping a can on yeah. a you know. But what I noticed is when I <laughs> looked around, first of all, nobody's really checking for they nobody know. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody yeah. gives a damn, but you still I'm still diligent. I still yeah. I'm not flagrant. I still Tuck it. Make sure you don't see anything. Whatever. Um, but yo, I seen people. They had like they brought like outside. So I see somebody had their own little like thermos. You know, like I don't know yeah. what was in the thermos, but people were like relaxed. You know, this felt like a yeah. picnic ground. So anyway, mm-hmm. cracked that open. Um, eating. You know, tan down the um, the golden monkey. And it was good. Now as a tall boy, so like damn near in the middle of the thing, I had to, you know, I had to go and and do a quick urinate. You know what I mean? Okay. And hopefully, you know, sometimes when you're drinking, when you break that seal, it's a it's a double back, double back. Fortunately, it yeah. wasn't a lot of that, but that, that 9.5 kind of got to me towards the end. And I might have slept through about eight minutes towards the end. You know what I mean? I might have I might have slept through about eight minutes. I enjoyed the movie though. I really dug it. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of the equalizer, which I feel like, and I'm almost positive you could correct me, because you would probably know better than I. This is Denzel's only sequel um, title, right? The only time he ever yeah, did sequel? That's
1: the only Yeah, that's the only franchise he's done.
0: Which is Bananas. But um, mm-hmm. I, you know, we talked about, you talked about old men, um, you know, assassins. I feel like that genre is not as much as it used to. I grew up on, like, you know, Charles Bronson and things of that mm-hmm. nature. So it's good to see this type of thing. And what I like is... Um, I like Denzel in this moment because he old Denzel, first of all. Yeah. You know what I oh. mean? So it's unassuming, you know. And he's so – he's he's going to telegraph everything he's going to do to you. Shout out to yeah. my man um, – Now nah, I ain't going to shout my mans out because I don't want to incriminate nobody. But one of my homies, we was about to get into a fight, and he kind of mode Denzel, equalized the shit. He, he telegraphed the whole shit. My man, theme one but uh, I keep, I'd use that name. But my man was like, yo, I don't think you really want to fuck with me. Cause what I'm gonna do, he had his, he had his, uh, he had an umbrella. He had a long, like one of them little long umbrellas, the joints that you could kind of use as a cane, but it didn't have the cane thing. It just, it's like one of them umbrellas that you use on the golf course. Sure. You know? And, um, he talking to this cat, he's like, dog, I really don't think you want to do. And this is my man. Like he don't really fight a lot. You know what I'm saying? He's kind of a bit of a brainiac, but, Don't push him. So he hit him with some little brainiac. (laughs) Like he hit him with the, with the equalizer 25 years earlier. And he said to my man, he was like, look, you really don't want it with me because what's going to happen is you see this umbrella that I got, I'm gonna take this umbrella and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up and it's gonna go through your trachea and then I'm gonna punch you in your face and then it's it's gonna get bad from there. I remember this to this day. He said this motherfucker was like in 11th grade and he said trachea. And I was like, yo, and everything he man. said, he did. It was amazing. But well, back to Denzel. Wow. So Denzel's doing shit like that. Denzel's like, yo, your man over here. He's a little too close to really hit me. He's going to wind up killing this guy. And I feel sorry for this guy's, you know, his family and all of that. I love when Denzel is walking you through and explaining the ass whipping, you know what I mean? Like that is a, that's a talent in itself. And like, he's got, she's like, you know, this right here is called pain compliance right now. This is a three, you know, I could go up to a four, but if I go up to a four, you're going to shit on yourself and nobody wants that. You know what I mean? So I
1: love it. I like how it got to him when he said, he said, uh, is that a Timex? He was
0: like, "No, it's any fuck." You know, mm-hmm. he grabbed. His got arm. him, got him. Shout out to Timex, but <laughs> <Well>, um, <laughs> so so I was with the whole thing pretty much all the way through. You know, he was getting busy. He was getting busy. It wasn't as wall to wall. Like somebody told me, it was close to John Wick. He still had his moments of chill, and I also like the character because he's chill. I like the guy, yeah. the loner in the world. Like I like that. You know what I mean? Just enjoying a cup of tea. You know, I thought the woman, Amina, felt like she was trying to throw him, you know what I mean, some rhythm. But then later on, she went and hugged a dude, that, I guess a soccer player. So that kind of threw me off. But maybe I fell asleep. But what was the, what was the significance of her giving this man the spoon at the end? Does that have anything to do with anything? I don't know.
1: She I'm gave him a spoon.
0: That. Like at the end, at the very right before the credits, she was like, "You forgot this," and she gave him a spoon. And I was like, huh. well, "Maybe I, maybe I slept through that plot point." But anyway, I don't know.
1: I, I thought that uh, she was, she was into him, but maybe she, she obviously asked him to go out. Yeah, and they went out on the town. So you know, it maybe something could happen.
0: Oh, I slept through the out on the town part I don't remember that okay. maybe, I, maybe I peed through that, I don't remember that part <laughs> okay. I don't remember, I remember when she said Yo, who cooks for you, I'm gonna show you Blase Escape He was like, okay, yeah. for sure And I didn't yeah. know, okay, but anyway I enjoyed it I enjoyed the Equalizer 3 It was Me a too. good time like um, Bottoms though uh, It was cool It was cool I it got better as it went along. I was it didn't blow me away. I think it was good. I think the premise or the intention or even the spirit behind it I felt that. I don't know if the execution was where it could have been um I enjoyed it. I had fun but I just felt like the tone was I don't want to say uneven, but it was just a little. A skew. I don't know if it's camp. Maybe it's kind of camp or whatever. And camp is something that one I can't all the way define. Like I, when I hear it, I'm kind of like, oh, so this is camp. This is what y'all call camp. And it doesn't really always. I don't always really like jive with it. But mm. I like. Obviously, I like Io, which I believe I'm mispronouncing her name. I heard somebody pronounce uh, it in a way. How I thought you? you said it right? Io. Oh, okay. okay. I heard somebody somebody say that shit, and it sounded way more sophisticated and elevated than I did, but that's how I read it. I yo uh, and I liked her. You know, I'm a fan of her, obviously, from the bear. And, you know, I didn't know, I knew she was a comedian, but I didn't know much of her material going forward. So, like, the bear is where I kind of connect with her. And then uh, the... Actress that played PJ The other co-lead I'm watching the movie And I'm like Yo where do I know Homegirl from Where Where is she from Then I find out Later on That's That's the girl From um, The Idol Bodies. That's the, the Idol, best friend yeah she,
1: yeah she was in Bodies 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 Did uh, I see Bodies Bodies, Bodies Bodies
0: Bodies Who was in Bodies 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 Did I see that I sh- know about it
1: Shorty from A uh, girl from uh, Industry Oh my uh, I
0: forget how you Pronounce her name my, uh, ma, ma, Mahala Mahala What was bodies, bodies, bodies about? I feel like I might. Have uh, it's a joint about the the
1: the young twenty somethings being uh, having a hurricane party in his big ass mansion,
0: oh. and they played
1: they yeah they play this game called bodies, 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 and where you like pretend somebody's dead, and then uh, you try to figure out who did it. That's the joint with of, um Pete Davidson's Pete, in it, right? Pete's in it, yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 good. It's
0: I didn't good see job. it. I remember seeing the trailer for it. I never seen it. I got to check it out. But, yeah, um, it's worth
1: seeing. Rachel sent it. She was her the big the big thing was that she did was the uh, Shiva Baby, which is the first feature length film from Emma Seligman, who did. Uh, bottom who directed bottoms okay they co they co-wrote it together right.
0: which i appreciate and, mm-hmm.
1: yeah and this was like the that was kind of a sleeper hit like a small i think it's on it's on max now it's streaming on max I believe. Okay. yeah it is and uh i i, I remember watching it during the pandemic during lockdown mm-hmm. from a uh they used to they would have the festivals that they would have they would allow you to uh, watch the movie. you could rent the movie mm-hmm. and have it. so I, that was one of the movies I checked out. Um, I forget what the what film festival it was from. but mm. uh, I think it was it was I think it was like a gay film festival.
2: Mm. And
1: I remember I remember this being like because I remember everybody talking about it. it I think it was in the New York. I think it was some kind of queer movie festival. And I was like, "Well, I, I want to see it," and that's where it was playing. So, I I uh, went to them and got the you know, and rented it or however you do it. It's basically like you renting it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, this it was good. It's a solid movie about um, this girl who's kind of a. Uh, well, let me see what what letterbox said. A college student. A college student attends a family shiva where she is accosted by her relatives, outshined by her ex girlfriend. And face to face with her sugar daddy and his family, so it's like the, a day in the life of this this uh, young woman, and everything kind of comes crashing down uh, with the backdrop of a shiva of a you know a funeral for uh, someone.
2: Mm.
1: Um, well, yeah, so it's uh, a very solid movie. I need to see it again. That this one Shiva Baby is more straightforward, way more straightforward than Bottoms. I really liked Bottoms. I thought I thought the shit was crazy. It was stupid in a good way. I thought they were like taking really big swings um, and just kind of like playing playing off the trope of the, having this. I guess like this. I saw someone someone say this on YouTube. I think her name is. I think it might be. I think it might be Amanda the Jedi that said this. I don't want. I don't know if I'm attributing that to the right person but Amanda the
0: Jedi is hilarious go ahead yeah
1: she she's a she's a YouTuber um, uh, that I that I I follow she has this sometimes she's a guest on this podcast uh, called intercut with this guy named Zachary Shevitz and Arturo Zarita who was on my podcast years ago and they do they go to a lot of the film festivals and stuff like that so I think she was saying how damn where was I going with that? She was it might have been her was talking about how like you 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 put like there's certain cultural things that happen within this high school within the context of high school like how how you you have a movie like Superbad and the the movie um what's the movie with the with the that Olivia Wilde directed oh my book smart. How Booksmart was trying to be like a, a female version of that, you know, having like these two friends. I got to get laid before we graduate. Same thing that American Pie did, but but it's a queer spin on it. So this one was a little more like out of the box and way more unconventional. Like Fight Club meets meets Super Bad meets this movie called uh, Sugar and Spice that came out like. 20 years ago it's it's it was crazy but it was it was it was um some of the funniest one of the funniest moments to, to me was like wasn't really the setup wasn't really like the setup was great and the payoff was to me was great you know you know remember the part where uh they would write on the locker on the lockers and the guy the mm-hmm. janitor would clean it off right and it got to the point where they weren't they wasn't cool anymore. Mm -hmm. And and IO was just like yelling at that. To me, that shit was like fucking so, so funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That was a funny sight gag. And it was like a nice little um, recurring joke. My thing about it was again, like I said, there are moments when it was funny.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. My thing, like I said, I felt like the tone was just, I guess, uneven because there's, there's parts where it's like, this movie seems to be very self-aware and meta and it's a Mm -hmm. commentary on some of the cliches of a lot of these high school trying to get late type of movies. And we're going to fuck with the tropes all the way down to like the slow clap and you know, all of this. So felt like very self-aware, but then it'll be, it'll be like in it. Like it wasn't, it was like, it's like, are we above it all or are we within it? Are we embedded? Mm. Or are we like, so that's where it kind of would throw me. And then it was, mon- it was moments when, um, where it was like, and it reminded me a little bit in the way of they clone Tyrone too, where you couldn't totally get a grasp for exactly what the time period was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess it was a period piece. I think it was 2002 or whatever, whatever, but it was just like, oh, okay. That was never really explained, but it was like, okay, that I guess that makes sense. That, you know, that type of thing. I'll say, again, there were moments that were funny. And as I said, as it went on, as it got its groove or whatever, like when I just kind of surrendered to whatever it's gonna do, I I guess I enjoyed it more. I will mm-hmm. say, um, I like Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn is just yeah. the, the beast. He's just a funny dude. Like he just, they let him live life and do him. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Um what's Punky's last name from SNL? Is it Robinson? Punky John Punky Johnson, I think.
1: Her little scene,
0: point. she bodied that shit. Like it was very funny. funny. She was funny. Yeah. I mean, I you look, I enjoyed a lot of the I enjoyed a lot of the, the movie. It, it it was cool. I enjoyed it. I wasn't like super blown away, you know, but I thought it was yeah. I thought it was it was solid, you know. I would yeah. definitely watch it again on streaming.
1: I definitely want to see it again because like I was sitting there at like uh a, a 10 a.m. screening on a Friday and I was just like, What the fuck is this in a good way? Like right. it, it reminded me like of Daria. I don't know. Do you remember Daria? Yeah, yeah, MTV? yeah. Yeah, of course. It's like the shit that they was doing on that show, like it's real smart.
0: they making social commentary,
1: but it's like how all the cat, ke- like the football players, had their unifucking uniforms on the whole time, mm-hmm. and they reminded me of that character Kevin. I was like, okay, it's like I see. It's like, what? You, what are y'all like? It's it's grounded in reality a little bit, but mm-hmm. then it's still kind of wacky. Right. It's like, what are y'all? What are y'all doing? And it's like, I don't think. I don't think you really get it all in one watch right. for me, but like I, I was, I was rocking with it. I, I just, I just appreciate sometimes when filmmakers just like take a big swing in it and they, they really try, they show it. It's like, we've seen this before, but we really have not you know what I mean? It's like, you haven't seen, you haven't seen her take on it. So I was, I was rocking with it. I'm, I definitely want to see it again.
0: Yeah. I watch it again. Yeah. You are the second person to kind of compare it to Daria as well, mm. um, so I'm, uh, I'm gonna check. I, yeah, I'll definitely rewatch it when it comes to streaming. But um, yeah, I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad, and at, at that screening, I definitely was back row, right on the aisle, right on the. Where aisle. were you at AMC? No, I went to Nighthawk out in. Um, oh, how was how was that? Which one did you go to? I went to the one by Prospect Park. Is that that's not the Williams? Okay. No, 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 no. It's fun. It's cool. It's cool. It reminds me of like um it's a throwback, but what the fuck? What was the name of the spot on Houston? Um Sunshine. Sunshine. It kind of feels the shit. Man. Yeah, it's like I used to like sunshine. Sunshine was a dope, dope deal little did. I'm sad that that didn't survive. But yeah. um it got a little bit of sunshine feeling the way like how it's like brick you know what i mean like mm-hmm. limestone or whatever um <clears throat> it was cool it was cool i i enjoyed myself out there um it was yeah i i enjoyed myself um you know what something I, this is a, a, a some shit that i wanted to talk about and it happened there so i ordered some caramel corn instead of regular oh, popcorn it? it was fucking good it was a little dainty ass serving though i tell you that uh, for what it cost it was a little dainty but um shit was good and this is this happened there but it's happened many times not many times but it's happened uh, uh often in recent years when um when the server comes and takes your plate before mm-hmm. you're done with it you know what I mean? Yeah. And you got a moment. It's a split second moment where you like, am I gonna be the motherfucker to be like, yo, 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 oh, ew, I'm not done, or am I gonna just take that L? And I was like, yo, bring that back, bring I that. look. Nah, I paid fifteen absolute, bucks for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting all of that caramel corn. Stop playing with me, you know. So, um, that was, happened to me on
1: a date. Yeah, took my took my chicken away.
0: Yeah. And that's that, that sometimes I think it's strategic because then they like, yo, are you going to be the guy to do that on your date? You know what I mean? But (laughs) I'll do it on the date and the date be with her. she be like, oh, they tried it. You know what I mean? That's when you like. Okay. I got an ally. But, um, you know, so yeah, I did that. And then after that, I went to this little, um, not too far down the way. I went to this little restaurant called Weeded that I've been wanting to go to. Um it's like a it's like a whiskey bar slash um pizza shop. Like they're supposed to be real good with their pizza or whatever and um like they do On bar sh- pizza. One on church. Church, yeah, church, in okay. Coney Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do, they do like little bar pizzas or whatever. So we got the, uh, <clears throat> got what was built as the vodka, the vodka slice or the vodka pizza. I ain't taste okay. not no they they. Who well, I don't know who poured that <laughs> vodka. I ain't taste no <laughs> vodka. It was it regular, huh? It looks
1: good, the
0: pizza. It looks good. It's a very attractive looking pizza. It looked like it's gonna be all of that. It's okay. not bad, but again, it's, it's regular. It ain't fucking okay. with Beekman's Ale House. It's not yeah, fucking go, with, um, Kinchley's Tavern. If we talking about, you know how we get oh, into this wow. bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. bar pod yeah. talk. It's, it's yeah. decent. I would go back. I would go back cause I did not have any of the whiskey. I would go back. Mm-hmm. I had the little, they did like a passion fruit ginger type of drink. That shit was, that was fire. That was probably okay. the best thing I had. The pizza was solid. The pizza was solid. but It was just like it didn't taste like what I expected at all. But it wasn't bad pizza. You know what I mean? But uh-huh. again, like, um, it was. It wasn't bad. It wasn't amazing. That's what I. Was I saying. need.
1: To, I will add this to. I'll follow them on Instagram. Yeah, check a lot them of out. The, a lot of the women that I match with live in Brooklyn. So, uh, I mean, there you go. It would be.
0: There you to, go. There you go. go. There it is. There you go. I will tell you the cool thing about Nighthawk is after you do buy tickets, they email you and they say, yo, we'll give you a free ticket. If you buy another, another ticket, we'll give you a free ticket for coming out. Like you got a month. Mm. So, you know what mm. I mean? A little comeback situation. I'm not mad at that. So, yeah. I like them. I've been a couple times.
1: I, I'm trying to think what I ate. I mean, I, I remember seeing this movie, which is really good, called Green Room. Uh, oh, the
0: Ben Stiller joint?
1: no it's uh it's it's like a horror uh, film right yeah
0: didn't ben stiller direct that
1: no uh no, it was that. uh jeremy Soliner. Oh, okay I'm. A, 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 a patrick stewart was in it i'm thinking of greenberg
0: late- i'm sorry go ahead go ahead greenberg yeah. Yeah, okay yeah, yeah i remember green no
1: Pat- it's uh a, a punk rock band becomes trapped in a secluded venue after finding a scene of violence from right. what they saw the band it's good it's really good. It's Patrick Stewart, Anton Yelchin, the late, great Anton Yelchin, Imogen Poots, and Alia Shawcat. And that was like 2016. And I remember going there and I think I got something, whatever it was, it was good. It was like some kind of slider or some kind of shit. And I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have eat ate this. We shouldn't have been eating this while I was watching this movie that gets pretty right. gory at times. Right. But, uh, that I've had good experiences there. I just never, just never been around or every time I would try to go since then would just be like the times would be off and I'd be trying to go catch a movie before a show or something. So I got to make it a point to go back to these places.
0: Mm, Yeah. That was my first time at Nighthawk. I'd always, you know, I knew about the Nighthawk Williamsburg joint for a long time. I just kind of got hip to the one over by um, Prospect Park. Uh, so I'd always wanted to go. Cause it seemed like, you know, it was well curated, you know, it kind of is insane. Yeah. vein is like an Alamo draft house, which I do appreciate. I like Alamo draft house. I haven't been in a while, but I like Alamo draft house a lot. Um, yeah, I've only been to the one in Yonkers and yeah. I, I, I love my experiences there. That's the one I've been to. That was, that was back when I was smoking weed and shit. Like I remember getting, okay. getting super high and I remember that maybe I was high, but I remember their concessions <laughs> being fire. I enjoyed life. I went well, to go see good there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went to go see the Irishman and it was, okay. I, was I was so proud of myself because I didn't I didn't pee at all. You know, when I hear about a three hour runtime, I was always thinking like, ah, shit, I might miss a little bit. Cause I might have to run to the bathroom. But I always worry we, about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. We was good money. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh I would talk to you about the Shah, but I am not caught up. You know, I I, I watch it with my sister. And she's Yeah, you,
1: you made me feel like an asshole on Friday. No.
0: No, nah. I, like, oh. nah, I was just, I'm just giving Yeah, you yeah, shit. yeah. I know, I
1: know. But like but but some of the shit that you said last week, I was like, nah, Lemon was
0: right. Oh. Was man, like, well, I'm not gonna man. I was
1: like, I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah, yeah. obviously I won't don't want to spoil, it, but it's it's it seems like they're accelerating shit.
0: Uh, so I think they're in
1: I think they would like episode six. This might be six. Well or seven seven coming up this week, I think.
0: From what I heard, and I'm not sure. It could be I don't know where I read it. But I from what I understand, I don't know if there's sixteen episodes in this season and they're gonna split it at eight and oh. like take a like a hiatus. I hate when they do oh, shit like I
1: that. Fucking hate that shit.
0: Yeah, so you know, maybe that I don't know what the deal is. I did watch Force and I've, I'm caught up. What you think? What, talk to me. How you feel about Force? Because I feel well, like I'm forcing it's, it. It's not going to be
1: Kanan or Ghost. You know, it's not going to be any of those. But it's just like I'm starting to get situated now because it's been so long. They, Star is just kind of like piecemeal stuff out there where they just I mean, maybe that's the, just them just being good drug dealers where they're just like, we're going to give you this here. You're going to be waiting for three or four months. And then we're going to give you this one. It's good to be back in that world, but I just don't know if I care about any of these people just yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I felt the same way about about Top Boy, the final season of Top Boy that came out on Netflix. But then after I just kind of
0: because
1: I don't know, have you watched it? I've not I've been saying okay, I'm going tr- say to I've
0: tried to watch it a couple times somebody shout out to whoever it was I um try to find them but somebody suggested it every so often people be like yo why don't you talk about this um yeah. I feel like I've tried to watch Top Boy and I just couldn't I saw you tweet about saying how you going to be saying in it and all of that shit yeah, sometimes a lot of that that uh accent shit takes me out of it you know what I mean huh. and um yeah. And I think that was the case for Top Boy. The only the only um, most recent show that took place in London that didn't take me out of it based on the accident and actually made me want to go out there to London, Black London, was I May Destroy You. But mm. um, I see so many. Shout out to my man, Lord Driggs. He's the one that was like, yo, you need to talk about Top Boy. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it's it again. It's good. You, it's one of those joints now that it's over, you can immerse yourself. Is it over?
1: And It's it, over. Okay. They said this was the last one.
0: So they say. Right, right. Because I feel they like they said it's over it. before. Okay.
1: And what happens is some of the characters it's, like, it's over. Okay, but, okay. But this, it's one of those joints where if you can, you watch that and nothing else really. Where okay. you just kind of, you have to like immerse yourself in it. Like I remember re going back be- when the during the pandemic, the lockdown, like uh, rewatching The Sopranos, and that was kind of all that I watched until I was done. Uh, for this, like, it's just it's especially because of the dialogue,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you just kind of lock yourself back in. Like, I was like, okay, now I'm I'm getting I'm getting back into it, but with this one, I was like, with Top Boy, I was like, okay, now. I have a thread that I can go into because something happened to a character that I liked and I was like, well, fuck everybody else. Mm. But then there were certain threads that I was like, okay, this is important. This is okay. All right. I okay. see where you're going. It's worth, it's worth checking out. I got uh, some
0: space. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. Did you ever watch Gomorrah?
1: Yeah, yeah. Fonte put me on to that. Yeah,
0: Gomorrahs my shit. I fuck with Gomorrah. Yeah. I might be one season. I, that I didn't see that I need to. That was pretty up. ill. Yeah. Didn't we answer.
1: talk? Didn't we talk about old boy? That was the main guy from Gamora was on last the last season of Fargo. I feel like you and I had a conversation about that.
0: Cat with the baldy,
1: not the baldy. The, the
0: the the the. Oh right um, right 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 right. The the gangster, the one that had the baby and all of that. Like the yes 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 yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We did have a conversation. I totally forgot about that. Yep.
1: Yeah, I would recommend it's it's a it's a romantic comedy, but like this movie called Rye Lane, probably one of the better movies. Oh, of the Oh, it's, it's I been saw a that. Really, I saw. saw I ain't okay. see it, but
0: I know what you're talking about. I seen it. It's like a Hulu, right?
1: Yeah, it's yes, Hulu. Yes, I heard
0: about it. I heard about it.
1: Yeah, one one of the homies from uh, uh, industry is in it. David Johnson that actually plays a gay character on Industry. He's the black with dude. The, the black dude. Okay. He's uh, loving up on a, a, a black queen in this one.
0: Okay, there you go. Uh,
1: yeah, but this it was really good. It's it's it almost reminded me. It reminded me of a. I think I t- I think I tweeted this before earlier in the year. Kind of reminded me of a more fun version of Medicine for Melancholy.
2: Mm, okay. and, and
1: medicine and medicine for melancholy is like one of my favorite movies. Know, yeah. Movies of the modern yep, era. Yep, but just yep. for your listeners to know, so but yep. like, I just got the, I picked up the Criterion edition um, recently. I gotta yep. I gotta watch it. There you go. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I could, it could use some fun. <laughs> that's a slow. <laughs> that's a slow movie. Yeah, I know you love it. Burn. I know you love it. It's a slow. Yeah. It's like an incense. When I first burn met slow. Wyatt
1: Cenac, I think uh, before before I met Wyatt Cenac, I was like. I think I messaged him, you know, when when people were on Facebook and shit. Man, I really loved your movie. And then I I opened for him like a few years later, and uh, I was like, dude, medicine for melancholy, man. And Wyatt is kind of is a humble dude, so he was just yeah. like, he was he was like, oh, oh okay, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nah, yeah, nigga,
0: man. you don't understand, son.
1: Yeah. Not even, I wasn't like that, but yeah, I, I love that movie.
0: Nah, that's what's up. Shout out to Wyatt Cinac. He's a. Mm-hmm. A real one like he's a good a good, good motherfucking dude. dude. Yeah, man. He yeah, kinda he, he walked me into the alt scene. Real talk? Like um Okay. He was my like my vouch. Like he vouched yeah. for me. Like he walked me into the game. There was a cat that was kind of fronting on me. And mm, he you know I wanna what hear me? about that off. Mic. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. That's an off mic situation. <laughs> yeah. But Wyatt cracked the door for a, a young brother and um uh, it was like it was nothing, you know what I mean? And he, yeah. he, you know, like it was just, it was just in his own spirit, you know what I mean? But yeah, now nah, yeah. he's a he's a cool motherfucker, a- and he got like the disposition of like a jazz ass nigga, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. you know. So yeah, shout out to Wyatt that real funny dude, real yeah. cool dude. I haven't seen him in years and years, but yeah, peace to that man.
1: He's a fucking G, like he he's the first, one, fir- the first comic to be to. I know what you get paid here, so I'm just gonna pay you on top of what you got. Look paid. at that! Look at that! Yeah,
0: yeah, man. Yeah, peace. He's a G. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, man. I mean, we, 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 we here at the hour. You got anything else you want to talk about? Talk about. We here. You know, I'm not gonna lie to this us. on Blanc is uh, doing what it needs to do. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, talk to me, man. You got anything you want? You want to speak on? I was just thinking about
1: Nas announced today. We're recording this on a Tuesday, uh-huh. breaking the fourth wall. But like <laughs> Nas announced that he's got Magic 3 coming out. I saw. Um, him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to have to like Dan Levitard some shit on my podcast. Like, we've never seen this before, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate that. And also, in, in this conversation about like OGs doing their thing, still, right. still thriving, I forgot. I forgot on my part of blunder on my part to mention, to not to mention black thought. Uh, I think he kind of gets missed a little bit because he's from a group. He's from the roots, but like these projects with like, uh, um uh, uh oh my God, danger mouse. And, and then Sean the, C the, and Sean C the, 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 the thoughts, uh-huh. the streams of thought joints. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the glorious game with, uh, um, an L. Michaels a failure. Yeah, it's like it's it's insane, and it's just like I, I mean, I mean, Black Thought's obviously my all time favorite. Like my, I think to me, I think he's the greatest. But like when, like when we talk about comedy, how you take the tools, the taking that baton from Rockem, Kane, and the Architects to like taking it like above and beyond to me that's that's who he is for me um it, it's just it's just it's just fucking remarkable and i love seeing it cuz it just kind of feeds into like hopefully <laughs> like as i get older it just keep getting better you know what i mean getting better every january you know what i'm saying so like i i appreciate that and i appreciate the these offerings from these guys man cuz it's like I always feel like great artists even though they're doing their thing they're also showing you how to do it in one way or another like they they're laying down blueprints whether they know it or not but i feel like they do know that they're doing it part of me feels like it
2: mm-hmm. and i
1: I'll always go back to this line that uh lupe fiasco has on that superstar record where he says did you improve on the design did you do something new and it's like, damn, like it's, it's like that's what I feel like. That's what like Nas. That's what Black Thought's doing. Um, that's why I feel like you know when we talk about what we do as comedians, it's like I feel like we're in the process of doing that, and we probably are doing it, not even knowing that. But um, yeah, that's what I'm going for, man. It's 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 fun, and it's fun to it's fun to listen to these cats do do this stuff, man. So i just i just appreciate it i'm glad i think we're that's why and that's one reason when we were talking last week about that that article and the whole debate around hip-hop where it's like it's still great shit going on man it's still the great artist and i just don't in in the quest to not be a curmudgeon in that way about about the about hip-hop um I'm I'm trying to seek that stuff out and trying to like amplify it, even though I mean it's fucking Nas. Like nobody people are not are gonna know when he puts something out, but just to kind of speak on it in that way while it's in real time, to say like we've never seen this before in this genre. We've never seen this before. And this is a guy who and and Nas is different than than Black Thought in the way that much was you put out he put out Illmatic in what 93, 94? I think
0: it's 93.
1: 93. And and much, and and it's like he's expected to be this way. He's had his ups and his downs, like he can't pick beats, it's this and that, but he's continuing to do the work, you know. So and and much was um put onto him, much was expected, and he's still and he's still doing it. So like that's That's the thing that I appreciate about him And every time he puts something out
0: Yeah I agree with you um, You know Magic 3 is coming out And you know I remember I had uh, Nikki P on him A few episodes back And she was talking about how she liked uh, Magic 2 <clears throat> I'm gonna re-listen to Magic 2 I loved Magic 1 I don't mm-hmm. really remember liking Magic 2 I'll be honest with you. I'm not the biggest hit boy fan production. Okay. If I'm being totally honest with you. Um, uh, but I appreciate him. I was just listening to his interview on his, what is it? Broken record interview. And I appreciate him. I appreciate what he's doing, what he's trying to do and all of that, you know, and I'm going to go back and listen to magic Two. um, what I appreciate about what Nas is doing in particular, particularly specifically that he's Nas, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he's one of the few you counted on one hand in my estimation of rappers that came in the game on a like de facto classic. Illmatic Mm -hmm. is arguably the best rap album of all time. You know, if you want to have that type of thing. So Mm -hmm. he came in, like, at the apex of it all. It's almost like he could only go down, you know? And um a lot of people feel like it was written was if... One of my homies, shout out to my man Johnny Mingle. He was one of the first people I ever heard say that it was written was better than Illmatic. And I remember when he first said it, I thought it was blasphemous. But that take has kind of kind of permeated the game. There's a lot of people that kind of feel like that. I don't know about that. But... Mm. um. All of that to say, he was heralded as, like, this genius, you know? Yeah. And like, this, this golden child and, like, you know, this, I don't say perfect artist, but, again, like, he came in the game as a classic, so everything else had, like, the level of scrutiny that everything in it, everything following received was so sharp that it was almost unfair, right? Yeah. And, um... What I appreciate about this Hit Boy run, what is this? Damn near six I records. Think, this is about to be the six okay. record. A KD, yeah. three KDS, and that's gonna yeah, be three at, Magics, and there may be something else, but I believe it's three and three.
1: I think you're right.
0: Um, what I appreciate about it, especially again, Nah, specifically somebody that is so heralded and so critiqued that he is not. Being precious at all With this mm-hmm. stuff He's doing him He's doing Nas He's in it He's cutting these albums I was listening to the Hit Boy interview And Hitboy was like Yo We're still working On an album Like the, <laughs> this, You know what I mean Like this is the Byproduct <laughs> Of our yeah. process But we putting These yeah. shits out We like letting Y'all motherfuckers Hear Where we going And when this album Is fully realized It's gonna be even Iller But even yeah. still six pieces of work and it I said earlier before talking about Richard talking about Martin yeah you know and I'm gonna uh reference this Kanye quote when somebody was like well what about your legacy and he was like don't leverage fear with me he was like Mm. my legacy is my legacy don't try to leverage fear of what my legacy could be to control me, you know? I think mm. that there's this kind of this pursuit Kanye for, said that? Hell yeah, he said that shit. I forget where he said it. Send me that shit. Yay, you yay, find. you know, yay it's like a broken clock. You know what I mean? Like, he gonna, <laughs> he gonna be on point twice a day, at least. Yeah. You know, uh, he says some other shit that you don't really want to yeah. quote- But that motherfucker can be brilliant when he needs to be brilliant. Not when he needs to be brilliant, but he can be brilliant. Let's say that. I don't know if he has command of his brilliance as he used to, but he said that shit and it made me really, like, it made me stop because it was so fucking, you know, back in the day, I used to feel like Kanye was one of the most self-aware artists of all time like early Kanye, just the way that he kind of talked about what was going on. Like he was, he was in on it. He was, he he heard everything. He processed all that shit. Um, But -hmm. when he said, yo, don't try to leverage my legacy against me. I don't move on fear. That made me look at shit like all of this shit about, chasing excellence and perfection again it's so subjective i always say that i love to go to you know one of my things that i love to do is go to museums and i look at like these uh exhibits of these great artists and it has a bunch of their periods and you look at like the like this compendium of their work and some shit is good or some shit is whatever but that's life that's a career that's a body of work you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sometimes you might miss the mark. I remember LL saying most recently, like he was like, you know, as long as you love it, when you put it out in the world, however it's received is however it's received because you loved yeah. it when it left. So remember that, right. you know what I mean? You were connected to it. And when you put it out in the world to share it with the world, if it hit, it hit. If it didn't, it didn't. And sometimes, Sometimes it takes years for things. People double back and be like, you know what? That shit was kind of fire. I'm like now revisiting it. All of this other shit. Long story short, artists subjective. So right. somebody that was like whose career is so highly critiqued and, you know, was held so high. You know what I mean? You, you know, one hot album every 10 year average type shit. You know what I mean? Like for him to put out so many fucking records and stay relevant and like shit get a grammy and all of that like it's amazing to watch it's it's inspiring as shit you know to see that so like yeah i'm looking forward to magic three i'm sure there's gonna be some shit on it that i'm gonna fuck with i'm gonna go back and listen to magic two you know what i mean and revisit it or whatever but like i feel like um, and it was funny cause I kind of wanted to have this conversation. I don't know if we got enough time, but like, you know, I've been watching a lot of comedy specials, right? Yeah. And yeah. you know, at some point I'm going to, I got to do something. i gotta put an hour out and I, you know, shit, I might just self release it. You know what I mean? YouTube, like mm-hmm. that's kind of what's going on in the world. Um, and you know, there's always, like I said, I grew up watching in my mind, in my own estimation, the greats, people that I feel are great. You know, sure. again, that's relative too. You know, but I grew up like inspired by greatness, so I don't want to put out no mediocrity or whatever, whatever. But at a certain time, you you kind of got to put your offering out into the world, and you know what I mean. If you fuck with it, put it in the world, and I think I got a taste of being too precious, and I've been noticing. You know, we've had this conversation. Always. Off yeah, mic a lot. that, like, you know, like yeah. a lot of this the special thing, you know, I remember Chris Rock saying a lot of specials is regulars. And, you know, sometimes when people that you You're fuck with... They're not special. Yeah. yeah, sometimes people that you fuck with say some shit, it kind of could fuck with how you look at shit. But I do feel like the, the you know, especially particularly the YouTube special and even some of the Netflix specials, some of these specials are really just proof of concepts. So people will kind of come and see you. Do com- You know, now I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, Go see yeah, you do comedy. Because yeah. to be fucking honest, we're going to take all the romance out of this shit. I love this game. I love comedy. I don't even call it the game. I love the art of comedy. But if we're being totally honest, you know, if we're talking about being a touring comedian, so much of it all is food and beverage. Shout out to yeah. Casino. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can this mm-hmm. nigga sell out this weekend and move some tickets. Cause if so, we'll give this motherfucker the opportunity. Cause we're going to make our money back. All of that art shit. That's subjective. Can you put people in the fucking seats? Long story short. And I'll talk about this at the end of the shit, but this is a great segue. Yo, I'm at DC improv and fucking February 8th through 10th. Please buy some tickets. We want motherfuckers out there, but that's right. Um, you got to put some shit in the world. You got to put the shit in the world so people know, oh, this is what it is. And understand yeah. that you ain't for everybody. You know what I mean? Right. Get your crowd. Get your crowd. Like everybody don't love Black Thought. Everybody don't love Nas. Everybody don't love Hove. Everybody don't love Kanye. But the people that fuck with them or people that fuck, fuck with them, them, they fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is what it is, man. Let art be art. And support it, you know what I mean? Uplift it if you fuck with it, you know, platform it if you fuck with it. Be inspired by it and, and you know, uh, contribute. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, I'm I'm definitely on some Sauvignon Blanc, but um, I say all of <laughs> that shit to say I'm looking forward to Magic Three. It should be good, uh, you know. Hopefully, I'm excited to, you know, I, I like I like the run that they are on. It's 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 inspiring. Hopefully, more motherfuckers will, you know, kind of take the mantle and go for it. I would love for somebody to lock in with Hove because it's been some time. I would love to hear mm-hmm. a nice little hove project. There's a lot of motherfuckers that I would love to hear. And speaking of, you know, we talked about Eddie, and I said Eddie and Big Daddy Kane were my inspirations growing up. That Big Daddy Kane drink champs interview is a motherfucker. Big Daddy Kane, and I'll be done after this. Big Daddy Kane is like one of he's a legendary rapper. Is one of my favorite rappers of all yeah. time. My first, probably favorite rapper. Maybe I don't know, but um definitely in my top five Kane even though he ain't had a hit in 30 years self-admittedly he said it that nigga has been cool throughout his entire career even if he isn't as relevant or he ain't got no shit on the charts he didn't fall off or get dusty like some of these other motherfuckers or say the wrong thing and you know what I mean? Just be out of step. He a cool yeah. motherfucker shout out to the end. Shut up. Shut up to Santana. Who's Santana? Who's that?
1: Remember, he's not a rapper, but you know uh, San Carlos Santana. Dude, oh, I, oh, Carlos. Was
0: just like yeah.
1: Random,
0: as- <laughs> random, <laughs> random. Like, let me just jump on his third rail. Let me just let me let me enter this conversation that is killing niggas off. Just for the fuck of it, Carlos. Yeah, nigga, you should have just kept (laughs) strumming along. But you know that's that's how what happens when you get older, and that's a fear mind. That's why you got to have some young, (laughs) cool motherfuckers that you talk to, and you know what I mean. Like, don't 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 go too deep in the cave. Don't go all the way, Salinger. Because when you do pop out, you're gonna be on a whole different page, and it's gonna show. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, try to stay. Try to you know. Have how you feel, but you know, like don't jump out the window with no parachute. Cause it, it it's, gonna, it's not gonna hurt help anyone. But go ahead, what are you about I'm, to
1: say? I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna check that uh, drink champs out. Yeah, it's really good. Uh yeah, he did a he did a record with little brother like years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He out in North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, he out. Yeah, he's, one of, he's one of the greats. It, like to your to your point about Nas, like to me a lot of his career kind of reminds me like when you were speaking on it, it reminds me of a LeBron James, how if you look at Nas, he's essentially a child prodigy Yeah, and he put out like a lot of times people put out a major work and they didn't have to do shit else, but he continued to put this work out. People say what they will about it, but like LeBron to me, after he got that first chip with Miami, I was like, okay, good. This is this is Ron Howard, dog. He's like our Ron Howard. Mm. Like it's like like okay, you were Andy Griffith. We loved you when you was a kid, doing your thing. Now you made it. Now you got you in the NBA. You got the chip. You doing this. So anything, everything else to me, where LeBron is really icing on the cake. And I know Rich Paul came under a lot of fire about a week ago when he said that LeBron was the most critiqued and scrutinized player it's true he's up there he, he 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 had to do all that shit where a lot of these other guys uh didn't have to go through a lot as much as LeBron did Boomer so, Esiason
0: went through a whole lot okay now I'm just talking shit. I, go know, I just felt like saying Boomer Esiason no LeBron <laughs> may be yeah, may, like yeah. LeBron might be that guy I, if I yeah I'm trying just, to think. yeah He's one. He's
1: one of them, man. Like it just, and for him to excel under all that scrutiny is 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 pretty. It's very remarkable, actually. Um, but yeah, like I like you were saying. Like I, I just, I, I like to see it happen. I just, it just made me think of LeBron, where he got a lot of. Uh, he's constantly. He can never do enough. It's you know. Yeah. To, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but he, you know. I think what's interesting with LeBron is he goes all out. Like he yeah. is not he's not like he's not taking, you know, like he's not like fading into the sunset. Like he's running through the tape full gusto. I just heard that I seen a lot of people talking about he's saying that he's gonna go to due to the, the Olympics. Olympics in 2024. And the level of excitement that people have, I've seen um, Gilbert Arenas going I crazy. He, I know you yeah. fuck with him, trying to drive yeah. to Paris from wherever Gilbert is. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, LeBron yeah. is is going there. Like, he's not afraid to, like... Um, to fail. To fail, you know what I mean? Like, because, shit, he's been winning for so long. Like, his, he's in the books already. That's the thing yeah. about it. Once you're in the books, you can play with the chapters. You know what I'm saying? Like, all yeah. this, 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 like, again, man, that, that Kanye shit, man, don't leverage my legacy against me, man. I don't move off a of fear. Yeah. You know, that's like, what
1: you. That's what made me think of that. Because you made me think of this really profound moment that LeBron said before game seven, when they beat the Warriors in game seven, they asked him, like, you know, how he felt. He's like, I'm just going to play. He just said essentially something like, I'm going to play as hard as I can and put it all out there and I'm going to live with the results. And I was like, holy shit. That's it. That's it. I mean, like the haters will say, oh, you just saying that because if you lose, you can just say whatever. But it's like, nah, like I'm going to give it all I got and then I have to live with the results. Right. Right. And I was like, fuck, that's real.
0: Yeah. Because you learn from everything, even the L. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, fuck it, man. Go for yours. It is what it is. I was, um, you know, to that point, I was reading this um, this article in the New Yorker by Tony Morrison. It's an old article, but it's just called, it's the basically the name of the article is The Work You Do, The Person You Are, you know? Okay. And, you know, I've never gotten through a full Tony Morrison book. So this is the most Tony Morrison uh, reading that I've done. And it's a New Yorker okay. article. So the fact that I got to the end of it felt amazing for me. But, um, you know, basically, the the article, just the summation, she's talking about how she used to, you know, clean house for this white lady, right, who was doing mm-hmm. very well. And this was like kind of the wartime where people were like, you know, <clears throat> were, you know, kind of living lean. And she wasn't. She was living high on the hog. She was doing great things, and she was getting to it. And one of the things that was seductive about Working for this woman Not only just Just being in proximity To everything that she had And maybe even being inspired But She made the point of saying that You know She was working So she had money for like Odds and ends But also Had money to contribute To the household You know And it felt Mm -hmm. good Because she felt like She was worth something You know She Mm -hmm. wasn't just a kid And she was saying Back in the days You know Before You know Nowadays her, Her thing was Nowadays kids are like you know, doted on and, you know, they don't, there's not much expectation. Back then, kids were, you know, there was somebody, they were sent out to work to make some money for the family or to raise a younger kid. Like, they were put to use, you know, and she felt like, you know, the fact that she could bring in a little bit that could be contributed to the light bill or whatever, whatever, it made her feel like a contributing part of the family, right, and that was part of, what made her, you know, endure a lot of the kind of the bullshit that this lady was putting her through. And ultimately, you know, the lady was kind of, you know, pushing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, really? Like, yo, we need you to bring these bookshelves upstairs. You know, we need you to move this piano by yourself. And shit got ridiculous. And she didn't really want to complain because, again, she liked being able to contribute to the household. But one day she, you know, I guess she kind of let it slip. And she told her father, and I guess she was kind of looking for her father to, you know, give her the, yo, nah, don't even worry about it, quit that job. She knew her moms would say quit the job, but she said, she told her father and her father listened, but he, she said, I saw no sympathy in his eyes. No, oh, you poor little thing. Perhaps he understood what I wanted was a solution to the job, not an escape from it. So in any case, he put down his cup of coffee and he said, listen. You don't live there, you live here with your people. Go to work, get your money and come on home. And he and she said, that's what I that's what he said, this is what I heard. One, whatever the work is, do it well, not for the boss but for yourself. You make the job, it doesn't make you. Your real life is with us, your family. You are not the work you do, you are the person you are. And I felt that because I do think that, you know, sometimes we can be very much not even as artists or comedians or whatever, even beyond. that. I remember when I used to work at vibe, you know, I was Damien from vibe or whatever the fuck. Sometimes if you're not careful, you can define yourself by whatever occupation you have. And if you don't Mm -hmm. have that occupation, you could damn near lose yourself. You are who you are before you approach any of this shit. And sometimes you need to realize that. You know what I mean? And stand in that power because that's going to give you power. You know what I mean? And um, as long as you doing your best and putting your best foot forward, that's it. That's it. Like everything else, this is not no type of referendum on who you are as a person. You are not your work. You know what I mean? You do the best with your work, but you are who you are before your work. And it's just a, just a great reminder. So, yeah. um, you know, I just wanted to drop that shit before we transform and roll out because we in the Hour 30 minutes and um, autobots, you know what I mean? Transform and roll out. Chris. Let the people know where you're gonna be. Tell them, you know what I mean. Where Man, you, if you listen if you, you
1: listen, to, if you listen to this tonight, I mean today, I will be at Friends and Lovers doing a show called Good Girl at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. I will be at the Cobra Club mm. in Brooklyn uh at 8:30. Um, and I'll be at the boca black box on october 20th and 21st some headlining some opening for snl's um tim
0: meadows dope dope the ladies man that's what's up yes the ladies man you're cracking that mic um you know me i'm on sabbatical for a moment like i said Okay. you can catch me here every wednesday in the conversation but also I'll be at the Borgata in October, I believe it's the 13th through the 15th. That uh, as nice. soon as the tickets are available, they will be on the website. But more importantly, a couple things. If you want to see me at a comedy club in your city, go to that comedy club and demand Damian Lemon. Yo, bring Damian Lemon out here. Cause I'm calling these motherfuckers and I'm setting shit up. Speaking of such, you know, I'll set up some shit at the DC Improv February 2024, February 8th through the 10th. I will be at the DC Improv. Them tickets are on sale right now. I want to sell that bitch out. So you can go to my website, um, DamienLemon.com. You can go to the DCImprov.com and buy them tickets now. We don't need to wait till February. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be keeping that website up to date as far as local shows and things of that nature. And um, pay attention to the YouTube. I'm going to be putting up some content. Um... And that's it for right now. And I really mean this when I say tell a friend to tell a friend. Go tell one of your friends and even an enemy. Your op tell your op. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Before you, you know, take their life. Don't do that. But before, you know what I mean? You shit on their moms or whatever. You you know what I mean? You you trip their uncle and they fall down a flight of stairs, whatever. Before you do all of that, that aggressive shit, let them know. There's a podcast called In The Conversation and you fuck with it, especially if you listen to me right now. That means you listen to this shit all the way through. So, like I said, tell a friend to tell a friend, Chris.
1: And even an enemy.
0: To listen to the conversation. To get in the conversation. We out. Peace. Hello, 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 hello. be in the conversation.